Welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. Oh, I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-do's. And the don't-do's. Of personalized learning. Yeah, we do. This is our first explicit episode. Yup. We're going to get explicit. Very explicit. <laughs> it's so explicit. <laughs> You'll notice that there is not an E for explicit rating on this one. So it's not explicit in that sense. Or I just don't know how to click that button. That's that's possible too, but no, we're not actually. It's the first one. Isn't it's the it? first one. Okay. It's All right. So why one. don't we tell our listeners what we mean? So you may hear in education speak a lot um, these two words, implicit and explicit, or an explicit instruction, mm-hmm. right? And so, what does that actually mean? It means. I can swear when I'm teaching. No. It's not that one. It's is not it? that one. <laughs> mm. Still thinking about that, how to Sorry. click that explicit button tag. <laughs> no, it's um, so if something is explicit, ex external outside, right? Following me. Mm. So it's um, it's very clear, obvious, transparent, and um, easily seen. Is what explicit means. Easily seen by who? Someone else other than the person talking. Fair. <laughs> so both learners and really if anybody happened to come in and yeah. observe, like, yes. a, like a coach, for exactly. instance. When, when, if you were going to a classroom right. and you can observe this because it's explicit. Right. Okay. So yeah. uh, I assume you have like a specific example that you'd like to ramp off? Yeah, I would kind of. So I actually don't. And I want to narrow the focus of explicit instruction a little bit to be specifically about um, whether you want to call them soft skills, social-emotional learning, guiding principles, habits of work, executive skills. All of those things are in the same bucket. Um, I really want to talk about explicit learning and instruction of those things. Okay. Because this is something that we hear... And all of you likely hear a lot, too, is that um, the learners don't have these things. Right. It's one of the missing pieces. It's a huge missing right. piece. Right. That, and that's really, I think, where the district I work in, that's one of the biggest complaints yeah. right now is, like, we're pretty good at the other stuff right yeah. now, but we're really missing this. And the struggle that, that I see is, so what do we do? Right. What well, do we I, actually do? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not even sure that... I think some people are at the point where they realize that it's an us problem. I think a lot of people are still um, just stuck or just at that point where they know clearly that the learners are lacking these skills, period. Period, right. End. End, yeah. right. And just Darn get, kids. And just get frustrated <laughs> and you know annoyed and kind of spin themselves into like a little stress ball about this and use it as the reason or the excuse for why other things, other pieces of personalized learning or applied learning or workshop aren't working. Right. So, um, so here's I, I had a couple conversations earlier this week with with some teachers and I'm getting all tangled up in cords here. Hold on a sec. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so I was speaking with some um, high school teachers, and they were talking about a recent experience they had just had with some of their seniors, where the seniors were expected to be and were, more than expected to, were helping to plan 
um, like a, a, a winter carnival type thing. This is a thing that happens in a lot of schools in Maine, perhaps in other schools out there where snow is like a part of life in the winter. You find a way to have some fun with it the day before February vacation. So that's happening in a lot of the schools in the district I work in. And I think it's wonderful to have the learners involved. They should be. Like, yay. Here's what happened, though. So I this was a conversation after after the, the meeting they'd had with the kids, where it was all the seniors. I believe it was happening in, like, different advisor groups. I'm not entirely sure of the setup. But the gist is, is that the learners, the seniors, were the ones supposedly who were supposed to be running the meeting and kind of making all the decisions and planning and getting this snow rodeo or winter carnival thing happening. And the teachers were so upset and they were annoyed and frustrated is because, you know, and things I'm hearing from them is like the learners, like, well, whoever, like the one who was leading it had no idea what she was doing, couldn't keep people on track, you know, didn't actually elicit or get information from everybody in the room, kids who weren't even a part of it because they have missing work or whatever kept, you know, interjecting and there was no... And they're getting annoyed with each other and like there's drama so you know if and then this is the next thing that comes out right if they can't get their act together we're going to cancel it and we need to tell them that that if they can't figure this out in the next day we are just canceling um snow rodeo hmm. wow yeah right so i'm sitting there listening to this and and you know it's it's I have to pick my battles, right? Pick pick sure. the times when Courtney puts on the coach hat with someone and actually pushes or, you know, just lets them rant mm-hmm. and kind of nod and smile. Um, I chose to kind of push a little here. A little, not a huge bit. but mm-hmm. So I asked them, I said, well, has anyone sat down with the learner, with the, with the girl who was running running this meeting and kind of processed with her afterwards? That's the wind blowing down an empty, dusty plane. Nope. No one had done that. That sounds like a problem. That sounds like a problem. <laughs> right? Because how are the kids going to know yeah. how to run a meeting exactly. without ever being told they're going to fumble and flounder and not do a good job? Right. And then I asked, well, okay, did did someone meet with the the you know the, the learners running these meetings beforehand? I hear wind again. Yeah. Some more wind. Yeah. Nope, they hadn't. So this is an example. And, you know, and then kind of the conversations that, you know, the kind of the defense that comes out um, is like, well, they're seniors. They should know how to do this. Mm -hmm. If they don't know how to do this by now, well, good luck to them when they go off to wherever they're going Mm -hmm. next year. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm talking about with the, like, expecting learners to have these skills, but clearly they were not explicitly taught. I am sure 100% that those learners participated in classroom discussions or participated in um, planning activities that were facilitated by adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but the learning and what they were doing was never made explicit. Right. They just went through as participants, never really understanding the steps and the skills that were being modeled and that they were being given partial responsibility for along the way. So I want to interject here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just sitting here listening okay. to the wind. 
and I I know I did this a lot when I was teaching. Yep. So I haven't taught for quite a while. It's been it's been six six seven years now, and I taught high school. And those kids, I was trying to treat them as uh, young adults, right? Sure. That eventually they're going to have to grow up. It's high school. They need to, you know, move through and figure things out. And because mm-hmm. when they leave us, you know, whether it's college or work or military or whatever they want to do, um, they're going to have to suck it up, right, and do it. So I try to treat them like little adults. Until my own children became that age, that age, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, they're just oh. kids, and they don't know anything." And we can uh-huh. treat them all we want about content uh-huh. and assume that they're going to glean some of those skills that you just talked about just by osmosis. Apparently, right? Yeah. They're they're around, yeah. so so they're going to learn from sure. modeling and that sort of thing. And some will, and some and some do. Maybe exactly like five right. percent, five percent will. But you know, we don't want that. We want a hundred percent now, right? We yeah. want. We, it's personalized learning means yeah. you know not just most of them but all of them right so i that was really the eye opener for me and i wasn't teaching anymore at that point when mm-hmm. my kids became 15 16 17 years old and i was like oh we oh what was i doing <laughs> you know cuz you know oh. as a father i try to try to teach them all these skills but you know, I would like them to be modeled not just by me, but by other other parts of their life, like their teachers yeah. and, and you know any administrators that they interact with, any coach that they that they have in in their lives, any workplace thing. I want them to be taught these type of things. And in workplaces, I think sometimes you do teach these things. Mm-hmm. It's not just do the job, good luck. It's your first day, but go close the store and make everything work out. It's like you you need to teach them you know how to how to run a register and how to do customer service and how to alphabetize the cds in my record store which doesn't really exist anymore yeah but you have to teach them all these different skills in order to do the full job you right. can't just assume that okay content knowledge okay fold these things and then i'll see you later right it's like be explicit about it and i did such a horrible job at it yeah. and now that we we talk about this all the time i see it in action yeah. that that's not the way to do things. Right. We need to teach these things explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. Like the other thing I hear with like younger learners, like maybe like middle school or so, is like group work. They're terrible at working in groups. Well, of course they are, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. Does that surprise you? Yeah, like, I, no, it I was shouldn't. Like, wow. This happens every year. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's terrible. So, what are you doing to support them in being better at working in groups? So, Not much. So responding to that, what is the response you usually get? And I'll give you my response first. Well, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I get too much content. Right. Right. I have to get through these learning targets, these standards, these whatever. So how are the how are how are the messy, inefficient groups helping you get through your content? Because I'm just plowing ahead anyway, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got eight chapters to do right. by yeah, June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, my you know the response is uh, is time put into these skills which i will argue with you are more important than the content well you need to argue with me i know i don't need to argue with you but i'm arguing with fake you i wouldn't actually say that to fake you fake me is sitting right to my right (laughs) so so I, i think you're right i think one of my responses when people say that to me is well, you know, you have to kind of trust the process. And mm-hmm. don't you think that teaching those explicit skills that you want about group work or leading 
a group or leading through that sort of thing. You take time for that. We talk about culture all the time, right? That's yeah, part of culture. It's building. part of the culture. And what have we said with culture? It's like you take all the time up front right. and don't worry about the content. Yeah. Don't as much i mean you yeah. still you can do it through content absolutely but really focus on a lot of the culture because it's going to pay off in the it long does. run it pays off in the long and run and kids actually learn a little bit quicker yeah. because they don't have to worry about what do i do in a group right. what do i do when i work by myself what do i do in a whole class right. participation that sort of thing yeah they know all that stuff right because you've front-loaded all that stuff exactly and now they're ready to learn yeah and on top of that you remind them of it and you ha- you sustain the instruction you don't just teach it the first week of school and then go like oh, i taught you how to work in a group back in september when it's february and they're falling apart like that's that's not it either <laughs> It's a great voice. <laughs> I've had some good ones this week. That was good. Um, so, like the other, yeah. So be explicit in that, right? Not just like don't just teach it the first week. No, said. not not don't just teach it the first month. But every time you you are doing that, say it. Yeah. Right. Make yeah. it explicit. Make it explicit. So here are kind of like the steps for being explicit. So okay. it's like great, I get it, Courtney, but how do I actually do that? Well, here's how you actually do it. Okay. So let's say you are. Um, you are wanting your learners to become better at having um, group, small group discussions. Mm-hmm. So you might start off by having, um, like, a modeling a small group with them, where you're a part of the small group. And anytime you, and this can apply to anything, but anytime you do something that you want them to do, you stop, and you kind of do that step back thing. I call them step backs a lot. So, um, so let's say I posed a question to the class, and then let's say, Matt, you said something in response. So then I want my learners to be better at like connecting to what other people said. Let's say that's the skill I'm really going to work on. So then I might say, like, so Matt, what I heard you say is blah, 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 blah. I find that interesting because, or that makes me think of blah, 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 blah. And then I would go, okay, class, pause. So what I just did right then I connected to what Matt said by saying, by rephrasing, parroting back to him what he said, and then using a word like, or a phrase like, that makes me think, or that reminds me of, to then add on and grow the idea. I did that because that's what helps grow a conversation. So what you do, being explicit in modeling any of these work habits or skills or anything is you stop and you say, this is what I did and this is why I did it. That's all. That doesn't seem that difficult. It doesn't seem but that it takes, difficult. it takes a little time. It takes time and it takes practice and you have to be so aware right. of yourself and what's going on. Like you really... You will get, I think people get to a point where they can kind of do it on the fly, but like you have to be intentional and you have to know ahead of time, like, okay, we're going to have a group discussion today. So what are the things that I really want to, you know, highlight here? Or Okay. um, I'm setting the learners up to, um, you know, plan out their project on their own. I'm giving them two weeks here where they have to do this project on their own. Like I need to teach them this, you know, like, and I need to show them like, okay, Look, I am making a calendar. I am splitting up my thing into small tasks, small steps. I am doing that because that's how I know the smaller pieces to do so it doesn't look like one huge thing at a time. Right. 
that's how that's what it means to be explicit is to stop and say this is what i'm doing and this is why i'm doing it you can do this at really any level any level right yep and then have some kind of place where um like the gist of those things are um referable like whether it's an anchor chart on the wall or whether some teachers kind of like end up making like a you know a class survival guide where like all these things kind of go in there so that learners can go back and refer to it and that's part of the sustaining so that if i've practiced a particular work habit or social skill or soft skill um a couple times then maybe as the teacher my scaffolding right is that i'm now withdrawing that explicit and but it's the refer- the reference is somewhere so if i see learners forgetting i can just point to it okay so it it may look different in september and october than it does in april and may yes it should but it's still all there yeah it's still being explicit just yep. the form the format that you're doing it in might slightly shift depending right. on where your learners are. Yeah, and then, you know, just like any scaffolding and any explicit, like the point of explicit instruction is so that the learners have the tools and practice so that it becomes fluent and implicit and they no longer have to do that and you no longer have to do that. That would work well for the next year for those kids and the next year and the next year. It right? absolutely because it would. ingrains them in, in different procedures and, yep. and how they deal with different things yep. like leading a group getting right. back to that very first skill. right and then you could imagine a scenario where um as seniors they had many more skills and i would still suggest that the you know the advisor whoever the teacher whoever is still kind of leading those kids or holding the space for that discussion for the kids meets with the leader ahead of time and says kind of like what's your plan you know but i would imagine a learner who's been having this kind of explicit instruction and all these soft skills that conversation would be much different than a conversation a senior advisor would be having with a kid about to lead a group for the first time right it's pretty solid it is pretty solid so um something that you know i we talk about with teachers in my district when we do applied learning or any kind of project work is that you in any of those units or learning experiences a work habit or a guiding principle should be highlighted and what that means is there should be explicit instruction on one you want to do them all you can't do them all can't do them all right i know that's one thing that i've heard teachers say it's like there's a lot of soft skills guiding principles work habits whatever we can't possibly do them all. No, like, not at once. I'm like, and don't even try yeah, no. to do them all at once. No. Yeah. Well, what? And I had a question this week about it. What if we just focus on like one or two for a particular length of time, a yes. particular quarter or something, so we can really work on yes. that and report it out that way to their parents? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah yes. of course. That's that's great. Yeah. You know, we've got yeah. 13 years in a system to do this. Right. Yes. It doesn't have to be all done in one quarter or one September right. of their one year that we happen to choose yeah. and it all gets done. Right. You know, and, and yeah, yes. Every, any high quality project based learning or learner centered unit or applied learning opportunity is like chock full of guiding principles and work habits. Um, it is impossible to successfully focus and make have explicit instruction for all of them and have the learners actually learn something so So you 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 highlight one highlight one and be explicit and be explicit but not in that way not in that way yeah we'll talk next time